So how do we cultivate this good soil? How do we cultivate this rich soil so that we can bear much fruit? It's all about grace. It's all about receiving grace. In particular, we can receive grace in a couple different ways. First is sacraments, by receiving the sacraments, and then also by sacramentals. The sacraments, the seven sacraments we're well aware of, we say they cause grace, they effect grace. The fancy Latin phrase is ex opere operato. Ex out of, opere, the working or operating, operato, worked or operated. Out of the working, they are worked. Out of the operating, it is operated. So just by them being offered or celebrated, grace necessarily comes. It's really kind of a consoling thing that you don't have to worry about the holiness of the priest or not. Just by a priest doing the sacraments, grace necessarily comes. You always know when a priest takes a baby and says, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and pours water over the forehead. You know they become a child of God. We don't need to guess or worry about that. Same thing in confession. When the priest says, I absolve you of your sins, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we know we have that promise and confidence that we are forgiven. At the Mass, they say these words, This is my body, this is my blood. We have the promise from Christ himself that in fact does become the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Sacraments cause grace. The Mass, in particular, is such a great source of that grace. Jesus on the cross, he once and for all won all the infinite merits and graces that are available to us. It's like a water tower, right? They're all stored up there, but we need to tap into that. And it's the sacraments, it's the Mass, how we tap into that infinite source and receive those graces ourselves. At every Mass, you come, I hope, intentionally with your prayers, your intentions, the people you want to pray for. Before the consecration at the altar, there's a time in the Eucharistic prayer where I take a pause, a break. That first break is called the commemoration of the living we think of people who are living we want to pray for, even ourselves. And then we have the consecration, and then afterwards we have the commemoration of the dead. There's a pause again. You can think of all your loved ones who have passed away and think of them and, and unite them with this sacrifice. I always think it's a, a good practice for all of you to come with actually a particular person in mind to pray for. Maybe it's your cousin's birthday. And so you come here, you offer them with yourself to, to God through Christ and the Holy Spirit. And then after Mass, call up your cousin, Samantha, and say, Hey, Samantha, happy birthday. I just want you to know that I offered my Mass today for you. A beautiful thing. But in a real special way, every Mass is offered for a particular intention. And that's the priest's intention. So the priest has a particular intention he offers a Mass for so today, the beginning of Mass, Mark read that today's Mass is offered for Byron Hill. All right, so my, my offering of this Mass is for Byron Hill. In a real special way, in a particular way, why I'm bringing that up today is 
Um, we have a lot of masses coming up that don't have intentions. Um, so you'll hear if you go to daily mass, Father Nick's intention, Father Nick's intention. It's great. I have many things I can offer the mass for. But all of those days, those masses can be offered for particular intentions that you may have. And so what you do is you just call the office and say, I'd like to have a Mass offered for this person. Maybe it's someone who's passed away. Maybe it's someone who's living and it's their birthday or your parents' anniversary. Something you can offer Masses for. And the, the stipend that is recommended is $10. All right. In the past, that was the only way that a priest was compensated, was through the stipend offered at the Mass. And so I encourage you to to do that um, so I can retire someday. (laughs) Actually, I've I've mentioned, um, I would love to end my days, once I'm done here in 45 years, to go to a, a seminary and just live out my days in a seminary as a spiritual director, right? Not really having any real administrative responsibilities or the stresses, just being able to help form the young men in seminary. When I was in Rome, there was a retired priest from St. Louis, Monsignor Monsignor Bill Lyons. He was a very peculiar priest, but so beautiful that he ended his days in the the seminary. Um, Just, he ended up dying in the seminary. Just a beautiful thing. And so um, that's kind of my plan. That's a little ways off, but that's my plan for retirement. So I'll offer those mass intentions. Um, Sacramentals. Sacramentals are not, they don't cause grace, but they are occasions of grace. They open us up so that we can receive graces that God wants to bless us with. Um, So I want to talk about two in particular. One are candles, votive candles. Votive candles are sacramentals. You have candles over there, candles here, candles in the back. And the beautiful thing about candles, why they're so important, is they represent our prayers. So even you come into Mass, you're here for about an hour, you're, you're, you're praying, you're offering your, your intentions here, but then afterwards you go have donuts or you go do something else for the rest of the day. Those prayers, though, that you offer, they don't just disappear because you're not consciously at that time thinking about them. They're still before the Lord's face. They're still in His presence. Same thing with those candles, right? So you light a candle... Maybe you, you kneel down and you say a Hail Mary, and then you leave. That prayer is still there before the Lord. That candle is still burning, representing that. And again, uh, last year, I got like the biggest votive stand candle we can over here, and um, there's plenty of candles that need lighting over there. So, so get in the habit of lighting candles um, for prayers. A couple months ago, I was at Father Mike Schmidt's mother's funeral, Goody Schmidt's. And at the funeral, they actually had all the votive stands, all the candles lit at that. Not necessarily just for her, but she had this common practice after every daily Mass, lighting, you know, 10, 15 candles for her kids, grandkids, etc. And so in honor of her at that Mass, at her funeral, they lit all the votive candles. Um, Father Gabriel, the pastor there, was going to have to revamp his, his parish budget because he wasn't going to have all that candle income coming in in the future. So, But light those candles um, in prayers for your loved ones. And then finally, um, today is the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel, even in Scripture, has a prominent place. It's very significant. It's where Elijah did a lot of his, his ministry. And 
During the Third Crusade in the 12th century, a number of crusaders actually went off to this mountain and they began to live as hermits. They developed a community. This community is known to us as the Carmelites. All right, so um, the religious order, the Carmelites, of, our, of the most sacred heart of Jesus of Los Angeles, the Carmelites were kind of like wooing and trying to get to come here. They're Carmelites. They, they come from that, that order in the 12th and 13th century. And a little later, um, this religious order, the Carmelites, they spread eventually even to England. And they were going through some turmoil. And St. Simon Stock, a priest, a Carmelite priest, um, was really concerned. And Our Lady appeared to him. Our Lady, under the title of Our Lady Mount Carmel, appeared to him and reassured him and told him to trust in the Lord. And she gave him this, this very special sacramental or devotion. And it's a scapular. The scapular just means kind of something over the shoulders, right? And it's a piece of cloth. Religious, wear it nice and big, so it goes all the way over the front and all the way over the back. All right? Nice and... and for us, it's nice that we don't have to wear a big thing like that. We can just wear a little piece of cloth on the front and a cloth on the back, and then it's um, through a piece of, of cloth, they're connected. And she gave this promise that whoever dies in this garment shall not suffer eternal hell. This isn't meant to be some superstitious thing, like we just do it and we can just live however we want and um, get out of jail free card. No, because we know the only way that we do reach heaven, the only way that we are saved, is dying in a state of grace, dying in communion with God and his church, dying in friendship with God. And this is meant to help us do that. It opens us up to graces. It reminds us who we actually belong to, that we're beloved sons and daughters of God, but also of our Blessed Mother, who's interceding for us, who's praying for us. And so this sacramental is a beautiful thing along with its promise. So following Mass today, all of you are invited um, to come forward. And I'll have, I think I have still over 100 of them. I can grab a scapular. Um, Suggested donation is $5. You can give that right away or just put it into collection sometime. Uh, It's not that big of a deal. Um, And to wear this scapular... Religious, they wear it over everything, but you can just wear it underneath them. So maybe after Mass, I encourage all of you to be invested with the brown scapular. It's a great devotion, a great consecration to our Lord and His Blessed Mother. My friends, through sacraments, confession especially, and the Eucharist, which we can receive over and over, we cultivate this rich soil. Through the sacramentals, they're occasions of grace for us to receive grace, more grace, and cultivate that rich soil so that we can bear, as we're called to bear, a hundred, sixty, and thirtyfold.